Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Welcome into the latest edition of the Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Pleased today to be joined by one of the better follows on Twitter. I will preface this. He is at Big E in Big D. If you're on Twitter and you're into golf, you need to give him a follow. But we are talking today to Edward Lore, who has seen pretty much every nook and cranny of the professional golf world over, uh, over his career. Edward, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing very well, Will. Pleasure to be on with you and uh, talk a little bit about golf and life and all that uh, all that entails. Looking forward to it. There you go. Well, that's, there's there's a few points where uh, where things intersect. But uh, for for those for the uninitiated, let's let's just do a a, a Ed Lore thirty thousand foot view of uh, of your career. Cause you've been on on the PGA Tour. You're currently on the Web.com Tour. A couple years ago, I know you were you were kind of below the web.com tour and you, and you managed to work your way up but what's the let's start here what's the tr- the country count for you in your career of, of countries you've played 28 28 i believe sir there correct. you go and what's your favorite one Ooh, uh i think my favorite overall is uh spain probably i mean uh, of course besides the u.s i'd say spain okay all right well that's fair uh, so again, you, uh, you're a couple years removed from life on, on the Adams pro tour. And now at 40 years young, here you are making, making your way through the web.com tour. You got 25, the top 25 at the end of the season are going to get onto the PGA tour for next season. You've gotten yourself off to a good start, a runner up finish in Panama. You're, you're in position right now, but certainly, uh, there's a long summer ahead on the web. How do you feel about your, your season thus far and the start you got off to? Mm. Well, uh, I would say I, I'm I'm probably only a couple of months removed from the Adams Tour. Not <laughs> more than that, but uh, you know, yeah, obviously I'm off to a really good start. Uh, you know, coming from a guy, who, you know, I had only had eight starts guaranteed coming out of Q school, um, so I needed to play well. I mean, I think the last the first big reshuffle was this week. So we had a bunch of guys. That's that, true. Yeah, you know, reshuffled out. Um, so obviously I put myself in a really good spot. You know, I think we're, what is this, nine tournaments in. So, and, you know, the biggest thing for me, Will, is I have job security, and I haven't had that in a few years. So, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm sure it lessens the pressure every week. But, uh, you know, there is constant pressure out here. But I'm I'm just thrilled to be off to a good start where I, I know I can plan where I'm going to play. I'm not, you know, gambling for my own money on the mini tour. So, it's, you know, it's been a big relief obviously, for myself and my family. I can understand that. I would think that uh, a little bit of job security would, would go a long way. But as you said, I mean, it's, it's been an uphill battle the last couple of years. So going back to uh, this December, I think it was, was December, was uh, the web.com 
Q School. You birdied, mm -hmm. ni birdied nine out of your last 15 holes to get that uh, conditional status, which then you've parlayed into some success early in this season. What is there anything as you look back at uh, at that that time? Is there anything that sparked that turnaround? Uh, you know, really, um, my last year I had my tour card was 2014, and I was coming off. I'd finished fourth out here on the web in 2013, so I was, I was in a good spot, I thought, and I really had a poor year. I don't know. I finished about 220, you know, made about three cuts, just totally obliterated my golf game, <laughs> my confidence. So I really, I really kind of tried to do, uh, I don't know, almost start over, not really start over, but, um, I actually got some really good advice from my former college teammate, Bo Van Pelt, about midway through that year. I'll never forget. And Hartford, we were having dinner, and he's like, man, you just, you know, you look really down. I'm like, well, the hell I am. I've made about two out of 15 cuts. He said, you know, what helped me, because he had kind of gone through the same thing and had got his card, got his head kicked in and got his card and did a little bit better, but it took him about his third time. So I, I finally just kind of stepped back and took a, you know, try to take the emotion out of it and really saw where I needed to get better. And, you know, I really needed to get better at my ball striking. It was pretty poor. I fought a kind of a two-way miss like a lot of guys um, who probably don't really get exposed until you get to the biggest stage. And uh, so I really kind of started reworking it. And about 18 months ago, I, I started working with a Joseph Mayo out of Las Vegas. Uh, and he's really helped me a ton with my club face control. And so I've just been a lot more consistent on a day-to-day -day basis. I haven't, you know, had just a week where it just clicked, and then the next week I didn't know where I was hitting it. So I've just been a lot more, you know, day-to-day -day had a lot more consistency, which, you know, when you're trying to do it for your paycheck, it's a big deal. That's certainly certainly understandable. Now, going back to, to last season, you're, you're 40 years old now, 40 years young, let's put it that way. At, at uh at, at last season, when you don't have that job security, you don't have the status, I guess two parts. First of all, I, I feel like people don't really understand the, the drop-off and the purgatory for so many professional golfers when you don't have status on the web and you don't, like as you said, have a, have a consistent place to play. And you were living through that purgatory. And what was, what was that like? And was there maybe a point where you thought, maybe I need to be looking into, into day jobs? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of those points. Uh, <laughs> Of course. I mean, honestly, yeah. Uh, you know, really the most, the la uh, really in the last two years I'd played mostly just mini tours. I got into a few events in 16, but I think maybe four or five. But, um, yeah, I just think it's kind of the reality of life. Um, you know, I've done it for 15 years and had had some success along the way, you know, some wins in Asia, a couple wins out here. But I've been kind of mostly up and down, so – I was kind of to the point, you know, with having a wife and, and my three kids, that it was like, you know, I got to do something or else I, I'm just going to have to, just not because I want to, but, you know, uh, major golf just doesn't really pay the bills. Um, you know, my my wife's been a huge help. She got a real estate license about a year and a half ago and has really helped me helped out the, the uh, income in the family. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do know since last summer we had some talks, and, you know, I kind of decided that if I didn't get some sort of status that I was going to at least for a while have to, you know, find something to do just to you know, make some money. But luckily enough, I was able to play some great golf at the end of the year where 
I was glad I didn't have to go down that road because <laughs> I'd never really wanted to, but I was going to have to. A few good rounds at the right time, and, and everything can change, and, and here you are. Now, as you said, uh, as we said at the beginning, 28 uh, countries that you played in. I know uh, Sean Martin from the PGA Tour did a great piece. I would, I would encourage folks to check it out. But he mentioned that you played in 2006. You won an event in Korea where you beat Ernie Els, who I've heard is pretty good. And am I, am I correct? They paid you in straight cash? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> straight cash. <laughs> what, was, what was that like to, to just, here you go, here's, here's your box of bills. Good luck at customs. It was pretty wild. Um, you know, there was two events. Uh, we played some, you know, it was kind of co-sanctioned with the Asian tour, and they had, you know, still have a Korean tour. And so those two events, every year we got paid in cash the whole time I played over there. And so it was, it was always kind of a hoot on Sunday. You know, everybody would have would finish, and we'd all just kind of hang around, have a couple of beers, and then they'd just call you up one by one, and basically just you know they had a cash counter. It looked like they were, you know, maybe doing something they weren't supposed to be doing with a bunch <laughs> of cash, and uh, they just paid us all out. And, you know, if somebody would have been smart, they just would have robbed a bus on the way home, and they could have probably made it up with a couple hundred grand in cash. But, uh, it's you know, it's still one of my favorite stories that I I had a subway sack because I always because I didn't care for the really the Korean lunch because it was a bunch of soups and stew. So I always took a Subway sandwich because we had, we always stayed by a Subway. And I literally put 74 grand in cash inside of a Subway sack and just took it on the bus with me. And then uh, I went to the bank the next morning, and the guy recognized me, and he charged me, I think, 400 bucks to wire it home. And that was the end of that. So it was, you know, probably kind of a restless night. <laughs> I believe a wiser man than me once said, cash rules everything around me. So... Amen. There you, there you go. Uh, all right, well, let's, let's uh, get in the time machine a couple years back. Uh, you went to school yep. at Oklahoma State. First off, uh, NCAAs for us, we're, we're, we're fast approaching uh, men's and women's NCAAs, which will be at Karsten Creek in Stillwater, Oklahoma. For those mm -hmm. that, that don't realize, what sort of a uh, treat, let's say, are, are the men and women going to be in for at, at one of the more difficult tracks in college golf? Wow. Um, yeah, you nailed it on the head. I mean, there's there's obviously no program that really takes their golf as seriously. Well, I'm, excuse me, more serious than than the folks do. Um, I know the couple of times they've had it in the past, it's just been they've done everything right. I mean, one year they had T Boone pony up a couple hundred grand so they could basically perfectly oversee the rough. So it's just they're going to do everything right. There's going to probably be more fans than any of these kids have played in front of so it's just going to be spectacular it's obviously a spectacular golf course it's very hard um i've heard some some rumors of these new tee boxes that have been put in that are just you know sound pretty comical to me but uh that course doesn't need to get any harder with new tee boxes it doesn't it doesn't you know and it's no, it really doesn't. It's you know, it's got pretty generous fairways, Will, but once you miss the fairways, you're you're probably just reteeing. So it's and uh, you know, kind of late spring in Oklahoma, might get some wind, or <laughs> or you might get a lot of wind, but you're going to get some sort of wind. So it's uh, you know, I think the scores the last couple times they've had there kind of speak for themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's going to be awesome. I mean, you know, you got. Obviously, the pokes are good. The Sooners, I saw, just whooped at the Big 12. So uh, you could have some local teams that are 
that are you know kind of battling out. It should be an awesome. It'll be an awesome atmosphere no matter who's playing. How uh, how much crap have you gotten over the last twelve months over Oklahoma winning the national title? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> more than I would like to get. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a good chance. Yeah, there's a good chance that you guys will be able to uh, flip the script on them this year with uh, with the Pokes being pretty highly uh, ranked. You know, I guess it's good having a home course advantage. I don't. You know, when I played in schooler, I wouldn't have liked to play because I I never played that golf course for the crab. But uh, you know, I think our boys will be a tough out. But you know, as you know, a guy that covers it and watches it, there's there's just so many good teams, and especially that match played such a crap shoot. So when you were in Stillwater, uh, you roomed a couple years with Charles Howell III. Uh, this is just you and me talking. This isn't going anywhere, clearly. Uh, give us give us a good roommate Charles Howell III story. Okay. My, my favorite – I don't know my favorite one, but – well, there's some, there are some good ones. But, you know, Feel free Charles to choose was, two if you want. Charles was, <laughs> you know, I just remember – I remember Charles coming to school. Okay, here's a kid from Augusta, son – Son of a you know uh, pediatric surgeon and just one of the nicest families. And Charles comes to school. He's got this this like kind of gold, not I don't know, brownish gold Toyota Corolla with some like chrome wheels, and he had a neon light in the back, so like above the the back seat, mm-hmm. and he had like a this was a green neon light. So of all of like. All the people in the world, there's no way that anybody would have guessed that Charles Howell had a neon light and chrome wheels on his car when he came to college. Oh boy, this is—you're painting the picture here. This is this is good. So he, uh, you know, but he's just kind of a golf nerd. He would probably tell you that, but he was a great—he was a pretty low maintenance, uh, low maintenance roommate. I'm pretty sure I, I taught him, had to teach him how to do laundry, and I had to teach him how to cook. So I, you know, I served my purpose as a veteran team member. See, there you go. Giving back to the team. It's just a little bit goes a long way, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, you again, for folks that, that don't follow you on Twitter, it's it's worth a, a follow. At Big E and Big D. Uh, I'm a food fan. You're a food fan. I, first of all, I don't know how you don't have a Whataburger sponsorship already. As, as a card-carrying member of Team Whataburger, I would think that's got to be in the offing here soon. But uh, I guess my question to you would be, what's the best meal you've had this year on the web? Um, well, my favorite place is Lafayette. Um, I have a family I've stayed there for about six or seven years, and we, we always we kind of have a routine of where we go. But uh, my favorite restaurant is a place called Chuck, just south of Lafayette, and, and uh, I always get a, a dozen oysters, and then I get shrimp and grits, and it's just you know my favorite meal of the year. There you go. You can't go can't go there too wrong go. with that. No. Uh, so going back to to mini tour life. My understanding is correct that uh, you are a member of the Pushcart Mafia. You are you're a pro Pushcart. I'm certified. I, I was I, I not, and yeah, I used to be anti Pushcart until I tried it. <laughs> I was playing uh, about two years ago. I was playing uh, Adams in St. Louis, and man, it was hot. And I was like, man, I'm, I got to do something different. And so I went and got a uh, went and bought a four model at Dick's Sporting Good Pushcart. And I, I just, I'm, I mean, I kick myself. I'm like, why, why did it take me so long? I'm like, this is the best thing ever. And it's, you know, like now, you know, 
when I'm at home, most of the time I'm in a cart, but if I'm not, I'm using a push cart. It's like, this is a joke how easy it is. <laughs> yeah, I am team push cart mafia. All right, all right, we got one vote. Uh, there you go. Uh, I mean, help help paint this picture here of of the Adams tour. Certainly, it's it's got to be a, a, a different perspective for you when you're 38, 39, and know that there's you've got an intersection of guys who are veterans in their careers, guys who have just come out of college, trying to to play through a summer before they're able to get get further status. But week in, week out, when you when you're hopping around from from tournament to tournament, you're staying with host families and not in hotels, things like that. But what's what's that grind like for for a guy like you? Uh. It's kind of a matter of perspective. I mean, you know, I kind of – I think when I first turned pro and I was playing out there a little bit, I kind of – I'm not necessarily laughed at the old guys, but I was kind of like, what are these guys still doing? And then, you know, all of a sudden, here I am. I'm that guy. I'm like, I'm the guy still trying to, you know, bust it out of the mini tour. So it's, it's – uh, it can be either. You can be the guy that's – kind of bitter because you're still out there or even be the guy that's kind of still trying to embrace the challenge which I always try to do now I mean it's it's obviously just kind of high stakes gambling um, you know the, the Adams Tour has done a great job for 20 something years of you know kind of giving guys a place to play um, you know for people to live in Texas Louisiana Arkansas Oklahoma Mississippi it's, it's really you know, it's pretty. It's really easy travel. You always you can get anywhere in a car. Um, you know, they've done a pretty good job of you know finding decent courses, and then uh, you know the the guys can really play. There's obviously so many good golfers now, and so many guys that you know don't get a job out here on the big tour. I mean, you know, there's only so many jobs to go around. So you've got top flight players, top flight competition. I mean, guys that. I've played on the tour, college All-Americans, guys that can't quite get there but are still really good. I mean, you look at the scores the guys are shooting every week. I mean, man, you, it doesn't matter. You know this. It doesn't matter where you play anymore. You just got to really be able to go. Well, I, I encourage – I know we, we've talked about this sometimes that people need to check out the Monday qualifier scores sometimes and see that – for Monday qualifier to get into a web tour event, you know, let alone a PGA tour event, you have a, a three for one playoff at like 65 more often than not. And people think that it's yeah, easy. It's, hey man, that's one thing I'm glad is, you know, I've obviously got my card locked up for this year and I'm probably made enough already to keep it for next year that heck, I don't have to do any money qualifiers for at least a year and a half. I mean, man, that is awesome. Cause those things, <laughs> I mean, they're nuts. You got, you know, 250 to 300 guys every week and yeah i mean i think this week uh in evansville i think 64 played off at one course i mean so like it's just it's yeah it's crazy yeah it's uh it's tough tough sledding when 65 doesn't get it done and doesn't earn you uh a start the, the following week there but uh yeah that's 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 what people are are, are signing up for for sure yeah uh, um crazy yeah well you know at least you know you know going in <laughs> Uh, so, as you said, we're, we're midway through the season. You've got a couple of top five, so you, you're probably safe in for, for making it to the, the web finals for, for the next season. You'll have a shot, worst case, to, to earn your PGA Tour car, but you're, you're looking at a baseline of, of web in 2019. But how hard is that? What's the balance for you in terms of scoreboard watching week in, week out, and seeing where you are on the 25? Am I moving up? Am I moving down when we're in April? And it's really going to matter in September. 
Uh, you know, that's a really good question. Um, it's really weird. Like, like I, I try not to look at it much, but I do kind of real. I do look at it kind of after the week's over. I don't. I don't really pay attention during the week, but I know in Savannah, like I played well. I finished fifth, and like I made twenty one thousand dollars, and I stayed at twelfth. And I'm like, man, what, what, what's going on here? I thought <laughs> I might have moved up a little bit, but it just, you know, right now it's still spread out a lot so it's probably not even really worth watching that much um you know but i am in, i mean really i'm in a position that if i win a tournament or if i finish second one of the bigger tournaments i mean i've basically got my tour card so you know that's a great position to be in but uh i don't really watch it like i said i mean i'll uh i'll take a look at the end of the week but there's just so much golf really left and there's so much so much variance out here. I mean, you know, if you win a tournament, you, you know, you're more than halfway to the card. So it's just, yeah, you know, basically just kind of one foot in front of the other. And you know, so I've kind of set my schedule, but I might vary later in the year if I'm close or if I'm, you know, need a good week. I might throw in an extra tournament, but right now I'm not really, not really that worried about it. Now you mentioned earlier that you've got a couple of kids at home and, and your wife has her real estate license, you neglected to mention uh, that you have triplets. So what is, what is that <laughs> dynamic? And we talked about the, the pressure cooker of, you know, mini tour life. How does that compare yeah. to the pressure cooker of trying to raise three kids at once? Well, I mean, you know, uh, there's not too many guys that go on the road to get a break, you know. And that's <laughs> <kinda> <laughs> it's not so much that way anymore, but my first couple of years, yeah, I mean, I had my tour card, I think, yeah, they were born in, uh, September of 11, and I got my card at the end of that year. So, yeah, I was the only guy that went out on tour just get complete. So it's, uh, get away from diaper changing duty? No, there. What's that? You get away. You go to the tour to get away from changing diapers? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And you can imagine, you know, we were going through 30-plus a day, <laughs> you know, when they were first born. So it was, yeah, you know, God bless my wife, Melanie, and my mom, and sisters, and aunts and whoever people have come help uh you know it's fantastic now uh, i actually i actually prefer both now that they're all the same age because they're all kind of doing the same stuff versus you know being spaced out but you know the first couple of years I don't, you can't sleep with one guy there's no way you sleep with three kids so we just you know we just kind of did it yeah you know, and i think we were probably lucky that we didn't have one, and we knew how hard one was, and then we had three. We just kind of had three, and I was like, okay, here you go. So. Just jump in the deep end there. Just jump in. <laughs> All right, I need yeah. to uh, – I want to talk trackers because around here, around these parts, uh, GC Tiger Tracker is a yeah. pretty pretty popular individual, uh, and you uh, yourself have an Edward Lore tracker. What is it like? What's the burden? Because we can't really ask Tiger about this. He doesn't – necessarily uh, talked about it much what's the burden as a player of having a tracker well it's something i take very seriously will i mean the loonies the lore the lore loonies they, yes yeah i mean they yeah they want their good they they demand good content and uh i think the tracker does an excellent job especially on uh you know off days and pro-am day, pro days we seem to get a lot of good action from the tracker so it's uh you know, it brings a little brevity to kind of real life on tour that it's not just all, you know, champagne and caviar. It's a lot of 
it's a lot of glamorous stuff, but uh, for all the people listening, you definitely need to follow the tracker. It's, uh, you know, if you need a good laugh, just go look at the tracker. It's a good, it's a good one-two punch. Follow you and and, and follow the tracker. It's uh, it definitely, right. definitely uh, add some color. So, uh, so looking back at your your entire pro career to this point, certainly uh, far from done, let's say. But what's the biggest thing that's changed since you first came out on tour in the mid two thousands? Oh, um, well, I. Like, when I first hit turn pro, so I turned pro in, you know, the summer of 2000, kind of beat it around. But I, I got into tour events, and, you know, I would notice that, you know, I was kind of one of the bigger guys. I mean, Ernie Els was out there, you know, my room, or my teammate Bo, he was pretty big. But most of the guys weren't that big. But now, you know, you look up and down the range, and I'm like, man, that dude's huge. And, you know, that guy, wow. So... You know, there's obviously been a huge change in athleticism. There's no doubt. Which, you know, has, has obviously changed how far guys hit the ball, the course, what they shoot on different courses. I mean, the scores, I don't know. Some people say they haven't changed that much. But, I mean, you look at the cut numbers and the different scores on different courses, and, man, there's just so many great players. But uh, I really think a lot of the uh, technology and the training – I think has decreased everybody's variance. You know, used to the model except for Tiger was, you know, you played really good two or three times a year, and then you mixed in some other, you know, maybe top 25s and then some cuts. But you were fine with missing some cuts. But now it's like, you know, guys, they, they so tuned in with their exercise regimen and their track man and their coaching that it's like, shoot, these guys just play great every week. So it's, you know, I think it's just kind of it's decreased the margin for error, honestly. Now, do you like? Are you a, a track man guy, or would you? Or do you like more just going by feel uh, and 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 figuring out? Certainly, you know, you've had a swing that's that's worked to this point. Do you kind of rely on that, or do you look at some of the numbers? No, I've got way. More, I mean, I'm not a. I don't have a track man, unlike most these guys. <laughs> But I use one. Maybe, maybe your tracker uh, has the track, man, that they can let you yeah, borrow. Maybe it. the trackers. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll ask the tracker if he's yeah. got one. But uh, no, I like to keep a. I don't do much like when I'm at tournaments, but when I'm at home, uh, you know, the kind of guys I work with, Joe, and then I have a guy in uh, Dallas, Raymond Briggs, that I work with a little bit, and they both have track, man. So I, I stay. I kind of try to stay within my perimeters, especially when I'm at home, uh, just just for that reason. Because you can't, you know, when you get out of here, you got to go. You can't just, you know, I know I kind of need a, a week to work on it. You know, these guys are everyone's so ready to go on a week to week basis. So I'm not I'm not into it probably as, as much as a lot of guys, but I, I do know, you know, kind of what my parameters are. You got your smash factor. You understand it. I do though, I, yeah, and I know what my swing direction and what my face angle need to be on a, you know, kind of on a week-to-week basis, just to kind of keep that, you know, in a nice tight window. So last year you're uh, playing in a U.S. Open local qualifier, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you were in the group behind Tony Romo. Or were you no, the group I was ahead? Right in front of him. Right, the group ahead. All right, so you had. Yeah. You had uh, him in the rearview mirror. What was that like? I mean, certainly you, you're focusing on the task at hand, trying to make your way to Aaron Hills, but uh, then you got the Dallas Cowboys QB kind of hitting balls on the range next to him and, and playing one hole behind. 
Well, it was nuts. I mean, you know, obviously you don't get too many spectators at a U.S. Open local. Uh, you know, you might get some parents and some wives or girlfriends, but you don't get, you know, 300 people following a threesome, and you got people on the golf course having these parties and these Tony Romo inflatable. So it was, it was actually quite <laughs> a scene. I mean, you got people charging for people to park in their yards. So it was, you know, it was Wait, people house. people are charging for parking at the at the local qualifier. That's amazing. Yeah, because the parking lot at the golf course wasn't that wasn't that big, so it was like you know. Like when you go to the fair or something, pay ten bucks and park in my yard. <laughs> no block, right? No block pass. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm like, man, just think if this guy was really any good, or if he'd won any playoff games, what it would be like. I mean, he's a guy who won. What I mean, he won one playoff game in his career. I mean, geez, what would they have done for Troy Aikman? I mean, it been, <laughs> you know, they'd have been ferrying people in there. You never know. You never know. What do you think of his swing? I, I've played with Romo a couple times. He's a really good player. Um, you know, is he going to play pro golf like some of these people said? Absolutely not. But he could certainly do probably pretty good on the cocktail circuit, you know, there playing you go. with all those mid-ands. He could be playing Seminole this week like all my old buddies that I'm entirely jealous of. But, you know, he's a fine player. And he, he loves he – loves, he obviously loves it to death. What's your stance on, on guys like him and Steph Curry and Jake Owen uh, getting spon- sponsor exemptions into web events, PJ Tour events, things like that? Is that uh, on board, or do you have issue with that as a, as a player? Um, well, I get it. I get why they do it. I'm, um, I think anything that brings notoriety is good, but the whole notion of them not taking a spot while they're not taking a, you know, a restricted exemption spot, they are actually taking Bob, but it's not. There's obviously nothing we can ever do about it, so I don't. I don't really. It, I'm kind of past the point of, of, you know, really caring about it or debating about it. I mean, I think it's cool for the event, but it's not. You know, they are really taking spots. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, all right. I'd love to add an exemption one of the last few years. I mean, obviously, I'm not. Gonna, they're not going to give one to me because I'm not going to bring anybody to the tournament. So I get why they do it, but. Well, you just got to you just got to wait for the. They could stand a start. If you wait for the tracker bump, and then then you'll be uh, you'll be all set. Once the tracker gets you in the limelight, you'll be able That's to right. ask for any exemption you want. Uh, all right, I'll get you out of here. Get you out of here with a couple uh, quick ones here. Looking back through through the hundreds and thousands of tournaments you played in, what's the best shot you've hit? Ooh, the best shot I hit. Okay, uh, it was at it was at Midland Country Club. In 2013, um, the second round on the 15th hole is a part. It's kind of a double dog, double dog leg par five, and I kind of so it, it kind of went uh, to the left and then back to the right. So I'd driven a little bit left, kind of in the edge of the mesquite trees, and I had about had about 270 to to the to the green and. I could have I could have taken like a five iron and just kind of hit like a little low hook punch, or I could have taken a three wood and hit it like a big old banana slice. So I had the wind going with me, and I had one of my best friends, Chris, caddying for me. I said, "What do you, What do you like here?" He's like, I don't I don't want you like. I said, "Well, the prudent play is to hit the five iron, but I love this three wood." Man, will I hit this shot? This thing just took off perfectly. Started riding the wind. I hit it over one of the guys in my group's dad, and he just he kind of looked up and 
I mean, the thing just started peeling left perfectly. It landed on the slope right down on the edge of the green and rolled down to a foot, and I tapped it in for eagle. And, I mean, <laughs> I'll never forget the shot the rest of my life. There you go, man. That was that was a yeah. very specific and very quick answer. That's got to be uh, one that sticks with you. That's like a, a tin, so tin cup moment that uh, that made it over the water and stayed there instead of rolling back in and having to get six more balls from Romeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh all right, last, last but not least, we have to go back to the Pokes. You're, you're a big Oklahoma yeah. State fan. It's April, but really everyone's just thinking about college football. What is, what is the outlook for you as an Oklahoma State football fan uh, for the upcoming fall? Um, well, you know, we've we're, we're got a new quarterback, so I don't even know if we knew who that's going to be yet. So, you know, realistically – and we lost our top wide receiver. We really should have one of the best running games in America. We have Justin Hill and, uh, oh, my gosh, what's the kid? A kid from Georgia that was a freshman. Anyway, we we got three really good running backs. Um, you know, Gunny's done a great job. You know, he's kind of a – I hate to say he's underachieved the last couple of years, but he has. But I would say – I would say nine and three. That's, what, okay. that's kind of about what we are now. All right. Do you, do you take uh, ten and two beating Oklahoma, or eight and four, or eight and four beating them, or ten and two losing to them? Oh, I'd take eight and four. We can't ever beat the Gooners, so I'd give me a win <laughs> over them any day. There you go. That's kind of how I feel uh, as a Gator fan trying to uphill that's battle probably, beating Florida how State. Gator fan feels. Huh? Oh man, it's been a long time since we took them down in Tallahassee. Very frustrating. <laughs> very very frustrating. Talk about, talk about need a quarterback. Gee, yeah, weird. if you have a couple to rent, feel free to send them to my new friend Dan Mullen. He might be uh, interested. In oh, that's it. right. He got Mullen back. He might. He might be able to do something for you. Uh, you never know. It's 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 hope. It's more than we had uh, 12 months ago. But yeah, we shall see. Good. September will be here in no time. Uh, hopefully by then you are toasting uh, behind the 18th green in Portland there with with one of the shiny new 25 PGA Tour cards for next season. Amen. I hope so, brother. There you go. Well, Edward. Good week. Yeah, Edward Lore, thank you much uh, for joining us again. You can follow him on Twitter at Big E in Big D. The tracker, uh, illustrious tracker, is at Ed Lore Tracker. Uh, Ed, thanks again uh, for joining us, and best of luck the rest of the way this summer. Ah, you got it, Will. It's a pleasure, man. I appreciate it so much. All right. Good talking to you. This has been a Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe at golfchannel.com slash podcast. You can get it at iTunes, Stitcher, or basically anywhere else you find your podcasts. But thanks for listening to this edition. We'll see you next time. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.